listeners. How are you? Thanks for tuning in. This is the first episode on a special series that I am completing in November to raise a bit of awareness for men's mental health uh, alongside the Movember initiative that happens every November, alongside the uh, More Than a Run campaign that works with Lululemon uh, during November and alongside Lululemon partnering with the Inside Running podcast during the month of November. In these episodes, I'm talking to 10 different high-performing uh, individuals in the Australian running space. And we're chatting through what are their mental health like when they've had some ups and downs, what strategies they use to, to get through their days, to get through their high-performing racing races. And yeah, it's just um, a bit of a conversation that just goes in any direction to do with mental health and, and you know, the sport we love in distance running. The uh, first episode tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this show, is with someone I know very well. Not all the episodes are with people I know very well, but this person I do know very well. But we have never spoken about this kind of stuff before. Uh, it's with the Bendigo Bats Premiership two-time captain, Andy Buchanan. He also represented Australia at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, was that last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. And he's a 210 marathoner. He's on his uh, potential road to Paris. We do talk about that a bit towards the end of the show. Olympics next year and has Fukuoka Marathon coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, massive thank you to Andy for his honesty, authenticity, um, and yeah, it was a chat that I thoroughly enjoyed having, and I hope you enjoy listening to. Stay tuned for the uh, the rest of the month. We've got a uh, yeah a good lineup of people coming. We've got ten episodes, only eight of them are booked so far. So if you do have a suggestion of someone you want me to talk to, be sure to uh, to let me know. No guarantees that I can make that work, but would good to would be good to know who you think might fit the bill and you want to hear from. Thanks, guys. Enjoy this chat with Andy. Make sure you hit record. Oh, yeah. I've never fucked that up. It's good. I've been doing this for a long time, mate. I never don't hit record. I think it moves us after that once or twice before, but nah, for me, I panic too much that we'll lose it all. So we, (laughs) we are recording. And uh, Andy Buchanan, thank you for being involved in this little project. How are you this evening? It's Wednesday. You've just come off a public holiday. Yeah, good, Brady. I'm going well. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I feel a little bit robbed today because it's a public holiday and I don't work Wednesdays. So a little bit different, but it's it's always good to have a day off and the weather's getting good and, yeah, getting pretty close to a marathon actually. So uh, life's pretty good at the moment. That is good. And that could impact the score you're about to give in this first question. But um, I do want to say thank you, man. You have a lot of conversations about other stuff, but very rarely, probably never, have we had a chat about your uh, mental health. So obviously there's a bit of vulnerability, a bit of um, honesty that's involved doing an episode like this. And I really appreciate that. But the first hard hitting question, Andy, is give yourself a score with your mental health out of 10 at the moment. What are you rolling with? Yeah, it's... um... It's a really good question. I, I had a little bit of a think about it and I, I would have to rank myself probably a, an eight or a nine. Um, so life's, life's pretty good at the moment. I'm, I've got one more day of work and then heading up to Falls Creek for a bit. So um, life's good. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable where I am. And um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if there's ever, there's maybe those rare days where you're a 10, like those really special days. Um, but it's not a question that, that comes to mind very often. I think I've been... I've been quite lucky and fortunate that I've never really 
rated myself low or been in that situation. So um, life's normally pretty good for me, and I think running has a massive part to do with that. Um, so yeah, at the moment I'm probably about a nine. Um, everything's pretty going along pretty smoothly. But I think it's like going back to that little intro. I think it's great that we now have these conversations because mm. back when say when you and I went to school, which wasn't that long ago, it was a little bit ago, but mental health was never spoken about. So I think it's a, I think it's a really good step forward. And I think it's going to be a, a big issue going, going forward. Um, where I'm seeing a lot with kids in school. I'm not sure if you're seeing it post COVID, but I think it's great that people can, can speak more openly about mental health. Cause I think it's going to be a, um, an ongoing issue for a lot of people. With I, oh yeah, if you had to ask me what score would I give you, I would say like eight or nine, occasional ten as well, because you seem like you've got you know everything in life and seeming to have it and actually having it behind closed yeah. doors and stuff can be different as well. But from the outside looking in, you seem very um very relaxed, very got your finger on the pulse across a number of things, and you seem to cope and, and perform at a very high level in a number of different aspects uh, very well. But flick back like two and a half, three weeks ago when you had an injury in which there would have been a bit of a question mark over the potential next marathon you're doing in Fukuoka in December, um, which is a massive opportunity for you to qualify for the Paris Olympics next year. How did the injury affect that score and like the day-to-day way you're operating and thinking about things? Yeah, massively. Like I'm... I can quite happily admit that I'm very grumpy and not great to be around when I'm not running. Um, running provides me with that with that purpose. Um, I get out of bed and I, I have something to do and I come home from work, I have something to do. And without that purpose, I feel really lost. Um, I feel that after, after marathons a little bit, when you know you're having a big break, like two or three weeks, um, and it's just like, oh, what am I like? Because every night I go to bed and I'm excited for the next day because I'm going for a run, because I'm doing a session, because I'm whatever it is. And that sounds like a little bit lame, but it's just how much I love running and it really gives me that purpose. So a few weeks ago, I had a bit of a niggle um, at the back of my knee, just a little little strain in a muscle there. And like I, it wasn't it wasn't doom and gloom. Um, I think both for two weeks, I ran 80, 90 K a week, which is still a fair bit of running, but I'm used to running twice a day, pretty much every, every single day. And there was definitely some days in there where I, I felt low for myself. And I, like, I know that me comparing my problems to other people's problems, it's all, it's all relative. But for me, I felt quite low. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to give you an answer out of 10 because it's something that I wasn't thinking about in the moment, but I, I'd probably give myself a a three or a four. I was I was pretty down, especially knowing I had this race coming up. Um, whereas if I didn't have that race, you just you'd enjoy a few days off and you'd reset. Whereas as I was going along, I didn't really have a plan for the first week. And whenever you have an injury and you don't have a plan, it's really hard because you're like, do I do this? Do I not do this? You're overthinking things. You're you're questioning everything. So that that really impacted my mental health um and yeah i definitely definitely said to my co-workers and my partner like i look i'm i'm sorry this is yeah this this is me at at a low point um but thankfully i've got a lot of people around that that help me and support me um and those those rough times for me have always ended so it's like yeah once you can see the light at the end of the tunnel it's all it's all good and like a week's a long time because if we record this a week ago i would have i definitely would have answered a nine or anything like that yeah and i was just thinking there was some good news 
for you today as well that the uh, world cross country Australian cross country team for the world cross country championships is now going to have a trial. So you're the man. Must have been like that's that's more good news that's kind of hit your headspace over yeah. the last twenty four hours. I heard a rumor about this a few days ago, so I knew it was coming. Um, but I was just when I found out that they weren't going to have a trial, I was like, "What is going? Like, how can you do this?" And a few of the young, the Benigo Bats boys are pretty stoked because um, they're they're eyeing off that under twenty team, and they're they're really happy because trying to pick an eight k cross country team for the juniors off a three k track race just doesn't make sense. So um, now nah, the the mental health is just getting better and better as the week goes. So you're saying a couple of weeks ago when you were the score kind of dropped from that eight to a three or four. You name it with the people close to you early on and just say, hey, I'm not going to be myself the next week or two. This is going to hit me if, like, I'm just, you know, forewarning you that this is what you might see from me in the next week or two. Yeah, probably it probably doesn't come out um, straight off the gun, if that makes sense. It's more so uh, I might have a, not an argument, that's, but, like, I might disagree and get a little bit snappy and then it's like, oh, I like have a little bit of time to reflect and go, oh no, hang-. yeah, and then I come apologize and say, look, sorry, this is why I'm not my normal self because of this. And it's stuff I say to the kids if I get a little bit cranky at school because they're not wearing their uniform and normally I kind of let it fly. I, I might not let it fly and I'll say to the kids, oh, sorry, I'm a bit grumpy at the moment. I'm not running. And they're like, oh, that must be so nice. And I'm, I hate And because um, they're involved in my journey as well. So I just, I probably I'm not comfortable enough just starting the conversation about it, but it's if I act act out of how I normally would, um, then I follow it up with an apology and explain why I'm why I'm feeling off kind of thing, which is it's definitely something I wouldn't have been able to do probably three or four years ago. Um, it's just something that I've I've learned and as I've matured, I've become a lot more comfortable talking about. And other than talking about, do you have like any other strategies that you're like, all right, this is my go-to when I'm feeling like that to not continue down that like a rabbit hole of like being grumpy and having that poor attitude, you know, sometimes. Yeah. I know I'm, for me, I'm a prick to be around when it's that kind of, when I'm thinking yeah. in that kind of mentality. Yeah. For like the easy answer, but unfortunately I can't always do this answer is go for a run. That yeah. always makes me feel better. Um, but for me, a massive part is just being in nature. Um, and I'm really lucky that in Bendigo, we're surrounded by bushland. And it's like, if I can't run, <clears throat> I'll take my dog out for a walk and just leave my phone in the car and just be out there, just me and my dog. And it's like, then I come back and I, and I feel much better. Um, so that's probably what I do is I, I look to escape um, probably all the things that are, that are tying me down in a sense um, and try to just be on my own in a, in a very comfortable space and for me that's kind of like the bush around bendigo no so headphones, it's uh, just let the mind wander no nah, no ho- headphones at all um just yeah just just me and the dog and uh thankfully i never really see anyone out there so it's very it's very peaceful and very nice when you are running and like i'm sure you kind of use running to kind of clear the head and a bit of that kind of you know, morning meditation or whatever, however you want to refer to it, when you're just doing the easy jogs before work and stuff. Do you listen to music and stuff when you're just solo? Yeah, I do mostly. Um, not all the time. There's some runs where I just really don't feel like it. Or sometimes I'll I'll be listening to music or a podcast, but I'm not actually listening to it just because my brain's just in a different in a different headspace, just thinking about stuff or like imagining what I'm going to do in a race coming up or something like that. And there's actually been runs where I've I've just put my headphones in my little pocket in the, the back of the splitties because I've just felt the music has been 
too much of a distraction. But um, most runs, I'll take I'll take the headphones with me. Um, I think just because I do so much running, it's a bit of I don't know. It's a bit of motivation for that first K, but once that first K kind of gets you get through that first K, normally it's um yeah the motivation's fine. But yeah, I like that as well. Like yeah, I like got this little like iPoddy thing. So like you drop stuff onto it that you think you're gonna listen to as you're running. I like, put a couple of podcasts on and then like get three minutes in and it's just like I, my my head can't go onto this podcast now. I'm actually yeah. running. Like I need this or I need to just pause it as you said. And just like let the mind go and put the headphones in the little uh, Lululemon short pocket as you're going. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's been there's been so many um, times that I've had to re-listen to a, a podcast at back like once I'm back home, like if it's a real deep like resilience project or something like that podcast, mm. and I've I've really wanted to listen to it, but when I've been out running, I can't listen to it and run at the same time because I'm just my mind somewhere else. So it's there's been plenty of times where I've had to come home, um, like. Typically, one of my favourite ones is that Ben Crow. I don't know if you've oh, listened yeah. to him yep. much. Ash Barty, I've often, old Nike yeah, guy. Yeah, often I've had to come home and actually re-listen to it where I can actually focus on on that and just that. So, Yeah, I often wonder how many podcasts I've listened to over the years where I've just only heard 80% of it and like yeah. times like 500 podcast episodes and you're just like, yeah. what have I actually missed in the, uh, yeah. in the stuff there? Do you listen, do you find driving pretty similar as well? You don't have to drive far from Bendy, I suppose, but like when you go to do trips, you sometimes think your mind wants you to listen to some kind of things, and then other trips, it's just like, nah, I need this. Yeah, it's funny. I my work is literally a KOA, and I really should walk or ride my bike, but I I drive a lot, and um, so I normally get one song in. So it depends on what my favorite song is at the moment. Um, at the moment, I've been listening. This is off topic, but I've been listening to uh, you know that Flume remix of Shooting Stars. It's like a version. Bag Raiders. Bear graders, yeah. yeah. Been yeah. listening to that heaps, and that gets me from from home to work, and that's really all I listen to. But then, um, really weird other... video clip, like when they done that live, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A guy playing the sax, saxophone. Right. I think. Yeah, yeah. A few weird things, but there's other times where um, you'll know this struggle a little bit. I've still got my so Brady and I used to have very similar cars as first cars, and he's upgraded his car. Obviously, a Chuka Kia. Thanks to Chuka um, Kia. Yes. Yep. Thank you. So I've still got my OG Commodore, um, and the radio actually stopped working. So there's been plenty of times where I've just driven to Melbourne in pure silence, but I've uh, upgraded it with surround sounds, aka a Bluetooth speaker in the back. But um, no, you haven't. Yeah, you, I have. You just have a portable Bluetooth speaker in your yeah. car. Yeah, and then I've got to put in it in the, the back seat. Yeah, and then the cigarette lighter in the center console. I've just put a USB charger, and then it's just constantly charging. So it's like it's perfect. Do you have to reach over um, and turn it on? Yeah, yeah. So there's so there's some <laughs> yeah, it like makes that I noise when it connects to Bluetooth yeah. in your car. Yeah, tells me tells me like how much battery it is every single time, and <laughs> tells me connecting to iPhone like my iPhone. But there's been some times where I just haven't haven't been bothered to turn it on, and I've driven the whole way down to Melbourne or sometimes um, to different places just with nothing, and I'm just just kind of thinking. But it's funny if you stop me at the end of that car trip and ask what I thought about, I wouldn't be able to tell you because it's just like your mind just just mm. goes to different places. Um, and I think it's I some people. Personally, I really like to be by myself and a lot of people don't, um, but I think I really like my own space and I'm very comfortable in my own space. Like I I watch, um, I don't know if you've seen it, that Alone series. 
There's no, an Australian. Oh, what's what's it on? Oh, do they? Is that where they drop them? The reality TV show drop them in like Alaska and stuff. Yep, yep. And it's as survive. long as yeah, it's as long as you can last. And um, they did it in Australia, but they've done it in Alaska and all over the place. Yep. And it's like they've got to find their own food, make their own shelter, and all that kind of stuff. And like I look at that and go, you know, that'd be awesome to do. Like when I'm when I'm done running, just to see how I'd go. Um, I'd hate finding food and that kind of stuff but i'd love to see how long i could last without any social interaction i think it would be a lot harder than what you actually think um but yeah i really it's funny i really like my alone time but then at the same time get me in a big group for a a group session or a sunday long run and i'm super happy it's like my it's my real happy place like a a long run here in bendigo with the group like you know what it's like it's you, just get, you get it for free, don't you? Just like you just, you do. all you gotta yeah. do is get out of the car at 7 a.m. and you're like, okay, there's my long run complete for the morning. Yep, if it's 7.05, you're, uh, you've got a bit of a yeah. workout. As as Glenn joined us on Sunday and, um, yeah, he got there a bit late and we didn't see him till One Tree Hill. So, he, uh, a bit of a bit of a threshold to start with. <laughs> a bit of VO2 work up the first couple of hills <laughs> for Glenn. Hey, um, on this isn't, oh, it might be one of the questions I sent you this morning a bit further down, but talking about that car trip home from Bendigo, listeners, we're talking about, I don't know, 90 minutes uh, down the highway, 110k most of the way, two lanes, pretty easy drive, not many turns, but um, I'm sure there's many trips you've made coming home from races when you've been on that runner's high. I'm thinking about a couple of Zatapex where you've had good runs, things like that. But And maybe the answer is a couple of Zatapex when you've had poor runs. But can you remember ever driving home being in a bad mental space going like because of that performance? Yeah, I, I can't specifically remember. I remember one time I ran Steigen 10K down at Geelong. And what were you I doing thought, running Steigen 10K? Oh, this was Back ages before you ago. Were good. This was when um, Guzman actually won. Oh, yeah. I do remember like, that. This was, yeah, ages ago. And I I remember running, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but I thought I ran all right. And I was often on these drives, I talked to my coach, Scott, and he's really honest and that's good. We have that relationship. And I just, this one sticks out. I don't know why, because he, he said to me, no matter the race, you should always be able to close in a, in a 60 or sub 60 um you should just be able to get, find those wheels and i think i was bragging about how i closed in a 66 and he very quickly like shut me down and and kind of put me back in my place a little bit um, you, which did is you, did you come second to guzman uh, i think i came mitch brown was there i can't oh, remember yeah. if i rolled mitch or not but um i think i was around that second or third yeah but i i didn't have a good race um and that feedback that Scott gave me was it's something I've just always remembered. And I was actually driving from Geelong to Camperdown where my grandparents live. And I was, uh, I wasn't really that happy with my race. And as I got out of the car, I wasn't feeling that super stoked about myself, but um, nearly every single Zatapec at Lakeside I've been disappointed with. And it's been a pretty shit drive home because they, for me, they used to always happen a week after our school camp. And I was like, Mm. This it was like the second or last week of um of term like you know what it's like as yeah. a teacher it was on a Thursday night and I used to always go down think I could run great and then you get in a ten k you shit you're feeling shit after fifteen laps and you're like what am I doing out here you're in front of everyone like you feel a little bit embarrassed you feel like you've let a lot of people down but um I've had I always talk with Scott on the way home and it's always been good to talk over it and it's like I've got a bit of a rule where you can feel sorry for yourself 
for the drive home, but once you get out of that car, it's all right, yep, move on. There's no point feeling sorry for yourself for the next two, three weeks. Like that doesn't achieve anything. Um, so kind of like process it, learn from it, have a chat to Scotty, like debrief, but then use that car trip as that time. And then once you get home, I'm not allowed to be to be grumpy um, or complaining and that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, it's like we're very privileged to be able to do what we do. Like you look at what's going on in the world at the moment and it's like, yeah, like you're disappointed about a race, whoop-de-doo. Like, so that's, that's a bit of the ruling I've got. Um, but then the flip side, I've had so many – so many fun times where I've been with friends, um, often the Buckle Twins, driving home from Box Hill after some 3K, 5K or Zatapex there and it's like they're some of my happiest memories, like driving home, stopping at Colter just getting whatever you want, yeah. coming home, like <laughs> having a shower and then you go to bed and you're just staring at the ceiling and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like this, that was amazing kind of thing. So it's... It's very um, – I've, I've experienced both sides of the coin very much Have you so. ever had – like I remember one Zatapec I ran, maybe my first one. I, di- I could not get to sleep. Stayed awake the whole night when I got back to my parents in Bendigo and then drove from Bendigo to the next morning, went to school for the day, and I was still like up and about. Just could not – Oh, believe. really? Like I ran oh. like 30 – I think it was like 30.05 or 30.10 or something like that in my first one and didn't yeah. get like lap too many times. And I was just <laughs> absolutely like buzzing that – I think it was like a 25 second or 30 second PB kind of thing and just stoked. But I was so high that yeah. I um, just could not come down until the next day. I remember after I did a box hill, oh, I think it was the 3K. I think I ran 7.55, which like I never thought I'd be able to run sub eight. And I remember we went to a dumpling place. Uh, Rose was with me and I was with Nath, Roman Nath. And um, we went to this dumpling place and like normally it's like, all right, let's try and do this cool down and get get on the road and we ended up going into box hill which is the opposite way to bendigo and i didn't care because i was just on this high i didn't care what time i got home i didn't care i had work the next day like you were just like not a, like i felt so light because i didn't have a problem in the world because i was like i just ran 750 like i'm never gonna run like this ever again and it's like i think it's good to be able to enjoy that moment because often a lot of runners they get caught wanting more and they don't enjoy that specific moment they're like oh next time i could run 750 yeah. like and it's like nah like enjoy that moment for what it is um and i'll i'll never forget like i can't really remember the race that much but i remember afterwards mm. which i think it's one of the most important parts um enjoying that moment afterwards you can tell you've worked on yourself a lot just with like the different strategies and stuff you're like just i can mention four or five things that you're just like this is our process this is a strategy this is a kind of like routine i use um but I can't imagine you being super shitty if you ran 8.20. Like, I think you would be deep down, like, disappointed and upset, but I don't think you'd be a prick to be around or, like, not then go out for dinner or, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think in that moment, I wouldn't be. you've got. Yeah, but then the next week or two, maybe, if it kept happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, if I kept having poor results and it was like, oh, but in I... most. Yeah, most of the time I feel like I can pinpoint why I've had a bad result. So if I know why, I'm okay with it. So like a good example is after Com Games last year, I decided to do National Cross. Honestly, I thought it was a good good chance to win two and a half grand. I was like, yep, yeah, it's in Adelaide. I don't think many people are going to go. And Scotty, my coach, was like, don't do it. You've just ran a marathon. You're cooked. 
And I was like, no, I'll go. I'll be all good. Like, I'm pretty good at cross-country. Two-time cross-country champ of Australia. Yeah, exactly. Just a stroll in the park. And I came seventh. It was the hardest race I've ever done. And I I remember going out that night and, like, some people were coming up to me being like, oh, seventh, that's not – I was like, oh, it's all right, like – I, like I know why, so it's not the end of the world. This isn't this wasn't my race I was targeting. Um, so I, I feel like I can very much like, yeah, process it, understand why, and then move on very quickly. Um, whereas I've never been in the position where those bad races have kept happening, and I feel like that's when I could get into that slump. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm running poorly. Like, what's going on? My last five races have been shit house. Like, I'm not getting better. Mm. Whereas I've I've been very much just on that steady improve. Yeah, you can't identify what's causing you to have those issues. Mm. Back on the um, the colder Maccas as well. This is the petrol station on the way home between Melbourne and Bendigo. Um, are you the kind of guy like if you have a good race, it's like I can eat whatever I want here. There's a server, there's KFC, there's Subway, there's McDonald's. And then are you like, because I've done this in the past where it's like I've had a shit race. It's like we're having a bottle of water, a Gatorade and a protein like Big M. <laughs> I can't treat myself, even though you know it's not going to impact anything yeah. but it's that mindset you're like process you know result y or x equals outcome y kind of thing and i can't yeah. then relax whereas relaxing and being eating that stuff's probably better for you anyway coming home yeah yeah i'm re- i'm really lucky in that i've always been very relaxed about food and it's something i've never really got caught up on um and my theory is like you've you've used this energy in the race and it's about fueling up again and it at this colder maccas there's normally by the time we're there subway's not even open um and there's very limited good options um and i don't feel after a good race or a bad race i'll normally order the same thing so it's um and i think that's a good thing because i think that's a little bit a little bit better mind state mindset to have um rather than kind of beating yourself up more because that's just not really going to help so it's i'm really lucky that i've i've never had a bad relationship with food i've never thought oh maybe I shouldn't have this Kit Kat or maybe I shouldn't have this donut. Like I bloody love donuts. Like I had, had two jam donuts after my midweek long run this morning and I was just chatting with a, with Dave Lonsdale who took me on the loop and it was just like, I know I love food. And it's hot, hot jam donuts. The ones in, hot, in yeah, the band kangaroo, Yeah. Kangaroo flat, not the ones at the lake, the ones at kangaroo flat. Are they both much the same? No, nah, different vans, different donuts. Can't so, even compare. Same product though, like hot jam donuts. Uh, we'll agree to disagree. You're not talking about just like servo donuts or no, like not servo. No, these are donuts. like these are made. So these guys wake up at like five a.m. in the morning, make the dough themselves, and then they've got this van that they drive out, cook the donuts, awesome jam. Like, and it's just it's amazing. Like, people need to come to Bendigo to experience these jam donuts. I feel like Vic Market and stuff happen in Melbourne. There's a lot of people that sell hot jam donuts. It's not a Bendigo yeah. thing. It's not just a Benio thing, but I follow them on Facebook and there's a lot of people that comment on there really? saying, yes, we're coming up from Gisborne or we're coming, like, they travel for just these donuts. Just the donuts. Yeah. 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 So they're really good for my mental health, I think. Well, you talked about, like, how you're not high-strung with your diet and stuff, mm. which is probably, yeah. you know, a, an area you are pretty relaxed. What about, like, high-stressful situations, maybe... We'll go with this in two parts. Like one, we'll talk about pre-race, like you're on the start line at the Commonwealth Games or the night before, whatever it is. We might do that bit first, but also start thinking about like you're rushing from school, you've got coaching to do, you've got emails to answer, you've got flights to book, you've got podcasts to be on. Like that whole like day-to-day of Andy Buchanan must cause 
you some stress as well. But tell me about yeah. race stuff, anxiety first, stress, yeah, so, pressure. Um, before Com Games, I was – it was a really weird space because at the time I'd only done one marathon and I really didn't have um, – that much confidence in myself because I was like, did I just fluke this one marathon? Um, and standing on the start line, like representing your country, which is something like I've, I never thought I'd get that opportunity to do. And I was like super grateful, like loving life. I just spent the last three weeks in St. Moritz with like Jess, Sinead, Eloise, like absolutely loving life. And then it's like, it kind of hit me a few days before when I'm like, shit, I'm doing a marathon. This is only my second marathon. Like what happens if, this happens or that happens. Whereas I think in normal situations, I, I use previous experiences to build a form of confidence, which okay. therefore means I don't get that much um, anxiety. Um, you definitely get a little bit, but I, I feel like I don't really normally suffer from that. Like say uh, an XCR cross country race, I'm, I'm that um, confident, but just like I think back to previous races and I'm like, I've got this. I'm very, I very much know that, that area. Whereas the con games was out of that comfort zone, but I think that's where you um that's where you learn the most. So I was just like, just I really tried to take some time to enjoy the moment, enjoy the village, enjoy that because I was like, hey, ten years ago, I wouldn't have thought I was doing this, and you would have thought the same thing when you were telling me up in K reps at the lake. You would have never thought that I'd take me back. I'd, yeah, <laughs> um, you never thought I'd be doing that. So I was just really trying to be in the moment. Um, so that was, yeah, that was different, but I feel like I learned a lot through that. And I think that's where if we can like athletics, Australia expose some younger kids to these teams, it can really help them going forward. Did you have um, a team psych on your, on the team? And did you use a psychologist? No, I don't think we did. There was, I feel like on some emails, there was one, but I, I think they, cause we had world champs and then com games yeah, so like right. the there was a lot of crossover there and i never i never got access to them i feel like there was one um but i've actually i've been seeing a sports psych for probably a year now um a guy from melbourne ed barlow and he's like like i don't tell many people because i feel like it's like a it's like a secret weapon like it's a little um it's a little thing that's like a bit of a bit of a hack code um, because he makes such a big difference and he, he changes the way I think and he's made he's made a massive difference because as athletes, we we spend so long training our, our body but we don't train our mind and I think the mind is the most powerful thing. Um, so, yeah, I do see a sports psych and I see him. Um, it really changes, depends on like I'll send a message, say, hey, Ed, I'm keen to catch up and he'll he'll meet with me within the week. Um, leading up to big races, we'll catch up once a month. He actually did, after the 10 realized I did some marathon reps along the Yarra. I did two by 4K and he was actually on the bike and and trying some different things, trying to like pump me up and then also like psych me out just to see how that changed my my mental state. Um, so that's one thing that I I think he's he's improved me by so much. Like I'd, if I had to put a number on it, I'd kind of say like three or 4% wished in, at the pointy end, that's that's pretty big. So yeah. it's um. Do you? Yeah. I know you said you don't tell people because you think it's like an advantage, like a cheat code kind of thing. But do yeah. you think as well, especially men, we get embarrassed about saying 
like we see a psych because often you associate a psychologist with there must be something wrong, not this is yeah. how I get better. Off, Definitely. I'm going okay and this is how I become even better at being okay. Yeah, when I when I first started seeing him, I remember it was up at Falls Creek last year um, and I was staying with the guys I normally stay with and I had my first um, Zoom call with him and I remember not telling the guys exactly who it was with because I did feel a bit funny mm. about it, but now I'm just so used to it and I'm... So yeah, there was definitely a bit of that. Like, like I, I was worried that if I said oh, I'm seeing a sports psych, they'd say, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" Yeah. Like, whereas it's really, and I, I admit, I would probably think the same thing. Whereas hopefully that stigma is starting to change. Sure, it has now. I think. Yeah, but it's um. So I definitely held back a little bit. Whereas now it's genuinely, I um, I don't tell too many people because I'm like, hey, that's how I'm getting heaps better. So I don't want to tell my opposition, and they can um access this this bonus. So, well, it should, I, it should be almost mandatory when you make a team. Like, just be like, just mm. a 20-minute, half-an-hour check-in, whatever it is, hey, I'm the team psych, these are some of the questions I would ask you if we had an appointment, da-da-da, like, just just break that ice. Exactly, and I remember, I remember, this is years ago, I don't know how I remember this, but I was driving to Falls Creek, and I was listening to, I don't know if it was on your podcast or someone else, but you interviewed Morgan McDonald. Yep, we and did. And he was... He Moose, was talking Moose about did, stuffed up the yeah. first record and had to redo the whole thing. <laughs> Typical Moose. Yeah. Um, now, and he spoke about seeing a sports psych. I feel like it was before a team. Might have been I remember exactly the games. spot I was when I listened to that. Now you mentioned yeah. that. I remember yeah. exactly the trail I was when he was talking about it. And that's probably one of the first people I heard openly talking about it. Yeah. But he, because yep. he, he did have issues with performance anxiety. Yeah. So it's like you see this and you go, okay, so Morgan needs to see that. But people mm. go, well, I don't need to see that. I've got nothing wrong. I'm fine, yada, yep. yada, yada. Like, yep. yeah. 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 That's um. So, yeah, that's that was one of the first times I'd heard of it. And then um, we actually had Ed come up and talk to our kids. So in our sports program, we, we introduce sports psychology. We don't go into the depths, but we start to talk about it, which I think is really, really cool because they're starting to learn from a younger age how powerful the mind is um in good ways and bad ways so it's um that's how i got to know ed and i was just like man this guy i get along with him so well and we we work so well and i can be really honest and he asked me some really bloody hard questions where i really have to think really deep about myself and my actions and my weaknesses and it's um yeah it's it's they're full on we we talk for about an hour and i most of the time i'm like man i'm I'm done. We need we need to stop because it's very physically and emotionally draining. Um, but it's it's so yeah, so good. But the second part of that question, yeah, the day to day stress. Day to day, keep your level head about you. Yeah, I, I'm really lucky. I've got a real a lot of supportive people around me. So a lot of people at work that really, um, I suppose, follow my journey and appreciate that. That I'm I'm kind of trying to break out of that. Bendigo is a very footy, netball, basketball kind of thing, and they think, oh yeah, I kicked six goals for the for the Dragons on the weekend. Look at me, I'm bloody amazing. You're like, hang on, mate, it's Bendigo footy. Calm down. Um, so they're they're really appreciative that I'm trying to like make the Olympics and dreaming big. So they help me a lot with that kind of stuff. Um, the group we train with, I've got some really good guys that are experienced there, and they help out a lot because it is hectic, and it's like I get to a track session like. Um, say last night we've got 25 30 people there I coach nearly all of them I've got to give them a session I've got to think about my own session so it is it is very draining but I I think back to when 
there was three or four of us doing sessions and I'm like, I'd rather have 30 people to dish out sessions and have this massive group. Um, but it's, it can get on, on top of me because these things add up and on a Tuesday I work all day and then I do the session, I come home and I've got these notifications on Final Surge, I need to get back to athletes and there's, so I, I feel like it does build up and I get quite um, stressed, I suppose, mm. in that like it feels like it's not possible to catch up and then I always, um, I'll just make a list. I'm like, all right, this is what I need to do tonight. Other stuff can wait till tomorrow. I don't work on Wednesday, so I can get through that list. So it's tonight, all right, I'm going to do these three or four things, do them well, all right, yep, that's done. All right, Wednesday, what do I need to do? And it's, again, that having that plan, that just helps my brain. It's nearly like having files everywhere and then sorting them into a um, like a filing cabinet and making sure everything has its place. And then my mind's just so much clearer, so I can just – I can really just um, focus on the things I need to action sooner. So it's, I think I've learned that just because I do have some really big days and I need to, I yeah. need to do that. So oh, the organisation's a key. And you kind of mentioned the gratitude there as well, which we've kind of mentioned without mentioning the word gratitude a few times. Like this is what it could be like or this is what it was like. Now that look at how this is kind of, this situation's evolved and we should just be stopping and smelling the roses and being grateful that, that we're here now. Yeah, enjoy the moment. Like, um, as one of our good friends, Patty, says, pressure is a privilege. Yeah. One yeah, of his favourite sayings. I often think that as well. And just like, like these, this, I just, like, I live in the same street as a nursing home. So, like, so many times I go for my second run, I'm like, I'm tired, I've got a shitload of stuff I need to get back to on emails, or I've got to get up and go early before school the next day or whatever. And I had this little, like, pity party. And then I get, like, 300 metres down my street, and, like, the, the, I don't know if it's, like, people with, um, yeah, like, sickness and stuff as well in some of the rooms, but they kind of, like, wheel them out the front of the nursing home so they're in the sun. And I'm just, like watching some of these people and I'm like oh they've probably got you know very limited time left on this earth and it's like here I am whinging that I get to go out and run you know four minute four minute 30 four minute k's and just like be in the fresh air and I'm like they would swap with me I'm sure I don't know maybe that's just me being um thinking about it the wrong way but I'm like I swear they would they would love to be able to go back and be a 35 year old who gets to run and do some of the cool shit that yeah. we get to do with our lives yeah Hundred percent. Like I think we're constantly wanting to get to the next milestone that we're not actually enjoying what we're doing at the moment. Like, and it's like I tell this, I tell this to kids at the, at school all the time. I was like, honestly, like your time at school is great. You come to school, you don't have a care in the world. Life's good. Enjoy it because there's a time where you have all these stresses, and it's just yeah. So I agree fully. Yeah, it's good. Hey, last one for you. What does your mind do after? Uh the different types of runs so like i'm talking about you've got a basic as recovery run you got some hill reps you're doing a track workout maybe you're doing a workout down near the lake you got a long run like do you feel like the way you come off those runs is uh, a bit different and which one do you enjoy the most and which one doesn't give you as many kicks as the uh the other ones might yeah so like i suppose with the the easy run it's it's like a recharge and i actually feel like i'm I'm more ready to say tackle a day. Um, I feel like I've I've thought about things and I I know what I'm doing for that day after an easy run. Um, a long run, I'd feel I'm in my my best mood. I feel like I've I've just loved the last two hours. Um, 
a little bit fatigued, but I, I'm really like kind of ready for the rest of the day, like mentally. But then my all-time favorite would have to be like a marathon session. You're fatigued, but you're like, I've I've just achieved something really cool. I've pushed my limits um, and like I've, yeah, I've really extended them and I feel really good about it. I haven't really had that many bad marathon sessions. So it's, um yeah, I've never had a, I've never had a stinker and felt negative about it. So they're, they're probably my favorite. Hills, hills are funny. I always feel really positive about them because I feel like I've achieved something. The, the simple act of running from the start of the hill to the bottom of the hill, yeah. sorry, the, the start to the top, um, you, you don't really care about paces and you just like, hey, I did that eight times. That's successful. So you're kind of like not really over analyzing it. Whereas with a track session, you're kind of thinking about every split and like, oh, this one was a second off. You're like, well, really, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. But I feel like I'm, well, a lot of people will overanalyze that. So a lot of different feelings. I always feel good after a run. Um, but my favorite would be kind of marathon session followed by a long run. Um, but then there's no better way to start the day than a, than an easy run. I feel like that really gets me ready for a good day. And I know you're the same too. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I don't know what I'd do if I was injured and had to be in a moon boot for six weeks and couldn't run just before work or daily mm. like, routine. It'd be, um, it would be something that I would have to address and be like, and I probably should already do that now because I feel like I've tied my identity to it. Because I've yeah. gone for a run every day for the last, or pretty much every day for the last, oh, since I was 15, so 20 years I've lived my life running in the morning before going to do whatever I've gone to do. Yeah. So I've done that for more years. I've been alive than I haven't. So it's just like that's yeah. that's just how we roll. That's what that's what life is. It's um, funny. Like yeah. a few years ago, I was really trying to make sure my whole identity wasn't running. Whereas now, I'm very comfortable with it, with that being my identity. Like I feel like I was trying to like do a few little things to have a few different like strings in my bow. Um, and yeah, now I'm just. I'm more than happy that that's that people know me as a runner and that's completely fine and I want to make it more that than maybe a teacher or a, I don't know whatever but it's yeah I feel very comfortable with that and it's I quite like that feeling yeah hey resources Andy you've just proven for the last like 40 minutes that you know you know what you're talking about in this area I'm glad you we got you on for a guest I did tell you I've got no dickhead policy and people who are good at uh, having conversations around this and you've proven that tonight but like you mentioned the um the imperfects podcast in there you mentioned the Ben Crow episode like where else do you go to to kind of get information to help you out in this area of your life oh that's really hard um because I was yeah it's 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 challenging talking about mental health because it's it's such a big topic and we're we're both school teachers so yes we can we can talk about it but everyone has different experiences we've we've been really privileged to have a really good life a good upbringing all that kind of stuff um but in terms of resources i think nothing beats a good friend that knows you and that you can just be you can just walk to and feel comfortable talking to them um rather than having to put on a i don't know a a different a different face and make up lies. So I think having that one person that you feel really safe talking to and just even if they just listen, you feel better about talking. Um, and hopefully together with that person, if you do need help, you can you can find um, the right avenue because I think having a sounding board 
is massive. And um, yeah, so I I really enjoy the Imperfects. I, I really like how they they normalise mental health. They normalise the struggles that everyone goes through. Um, that's one of my favourites. There's plenty of good apps out there. Um, I used to use Smiley Minds a little bit. I'm sure you've heard yes. of that as yep. a school teacher. Headspace yeah. is pretty good as well. Yeah, Headspace. Um, the Smiley Minds app have a really good little five-minute meditation, which is something I used to actually do. So on a Tuesday, I work from like 6 till 3, 6 a.m. to about 3.30 p.m. I come home. I've got about half an hour before I go to the session, and I used to actually listen to that Smiley Minds and I'd put on like a 10-minute meditation and it would do wonders because it actually provided me that time to kind of like relax and it, it really separated work from running, which was good because often I'd, I'd rush home, quickly get changed, and then I'd stay at work a bit later, rush home, get changed, head straight to running, and I'd take work with me to running and it just wasn't good. Whereas using that app to separate those things and rather than just sitting on your phone scrolling on Instagram for 10 minutes, like putting mm. that little meditation thing on, I found really, really useful. Because um, so the, that's something the answer to that is people go, I don't have time for meditation. Then you're like, yeah, all right, well, every, show, show us your screen time on your settings yeah. on your iPhone. Yeah, hey, you've been exactly. on the phone today for like two and a half hours and like 90 minutes of that's on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I use that Smiley Minds a little bit. I'd love to use it more. Um, I just I've fallen out of that habit, and it's um it's something I'd really like to pick up again. So that's that's something that's a resource that I've used a fair bit just to um just to focus a bit more in, on me rather than all the all the stuff going on around my head. Yeah, mate, it's been a p- pleasure, been a privilege to talk about this stuff with you for the last uh, forty minutes. Thanks again for giving up some time, and um, yes, I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed that last forty minutes. No, good, hopefully, good luck um, at Fukuoka if we don't hear from you before. Yeah, no, thank you. you hopefully, four weeks this weekend, five, four. It's four, so mm. I wasn't counting when I was injured, and <laughs> now I'm counting. So things are going well. So it's yeah, four weeks this weekend. So it's it's crazy. It's it's not that long, but it's actually ages. So it's um, yeah, in I'm, the meat of it here though. It is. Um, I'm pretty keen just to get to falls and kind of head down, bum up kind of stuff but no it's been a good chat so so I've no really no data pack because that's the same weekend have you been tracking yep. the um the road to paris world athletics website you can see like where you're ranked so far i haven't is that up it's up it's just been up the last couple of days okay so i was i used to check a little bit just the rankings so yep. it's not actually the the dates were slightly off and i was like no nah, i'm gonna stop doing this um and i because it's like I can't control that, do you know what I mean? And I don't want to put that pressure on me to perform and to say no that I have to run a certain time at, at Fukuoka. I feel like that my marathons have been really – I feel like I've ran them well because I've ran them in the moment rather than gone out and said I'm going to run this pace. Um, so I haven't checked. So you don't want to know? You want me to tell you? I looked it up today. I've got it open in front of me now. All right, tell us. Go. Well, I just got to load. Just give me a couple of seconds. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. But I think you were you were fourth after. So Brett, obviously top ranked Australian. Um, yeah. Liam with his two eight and two eleven, and yeah. then it was Ed Goddard with his time from Gold Coast, which was the Oceania Champs, and his time from I'm going to say the International Californian Marathon, even okay. though it was pretty slow, pretty 
like slower compared to what we're talking about with you and um but yours was only the points you had for yours was i'm just still loading here i'm doing well to pad um yeah was yours was the half marathon you only had one time there yeah yeah and my half marathon and hamburg and my half marathon's really slow, really, really slow, because that's probably Launceston, which would have been... Now, so- Sunshine Coast. Oh, yeah. So Liam's yeah. in the quota, so he's 56th as the second Australian, keeping in mind that they're taking 80. Yes. Um, so he's kind of safe at the moment, you'd say, 56. No, nah, he's... That's the thing. He's been safe for a while. Like, running 20... What was it? 207, 208, 208. Yep, 208. The Gold Coast. Yeah. Like that's crazy points, like crazy, crazy points. So he's safe. Like I, I'm not sure why he thinks he isn't safe and why he's trying to run super fast because he's his spot's safe. Yeah, he uh, got 12, my, 12 yeah. and then eleven thirty-one points for Berlin for his two eleven. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's yeah. working on eleven ninety-two points as his average. So then yeah. Ed is um, in. 72nd place, so he's qualified at the moment with 1130 point average, which yep. is yeah, his Gold Coast 212 and his Californian Marathon 213. So if he goes again and then you are just below him, he's in 72nd place. I don't think we'll be getting to this in this conversation, mate. No, I didn't, but it's good. I, you're you got me on the edge of my seat. You are, yeah, sorry. You are drawn with a shitload of other people on 81, 81st position with yeah, 1,011 cool. points. So you're only one yeah. spot outside, but you're yeah. third-ranked Australian. Fourth. Fourth, sorry, yes, yes. Yeah, one yeah. position out in the rankings and one spot out with the country. Yeah, no, nah, that's why Like I've put all my eggs into the Fukuoka basket to try to run... Uh, hopefully a, a 209 something um and that will hopefully bump me up the the rankings a fair bit yeah ed's got 19 points on you yeah not many that'd be good right mate i'm gonna start okay. recording now perfect thanks mate put that as your uh background on your phone yeah. ranking point website <laughs> <laughs>